Oh, man, it is Friday already. It is Motocross Eve on the Big 49. Welcome to it. Let's get through this show so that we can get into really fun things like LCR, Last Chance Radio, coming up at 3 o'clock today right here on the 49 with my dogs, Moto Man and Kyle, LBC Kyle, all going to be up in the house. They'll be talking moto. They'll be getting down a lot of breaking news in moto. The biggest breaking news that we have is that Chase Sexton is out for Hangtown. Now, one thing that they do in this sport that is a little annoying, when, they, when they'll tell you when they have to, all right, this guy's not racing, but they'll never tell you, like, how hurt they are. We didn't know last weekend that Hunter Lawrence, the dude probably shouldn't have been on the motorcycle. He had ripped the cartilage loose from his ribs, no one knew about that because they don't ever want to give you anything to, you know, to the competitors or anybody in another team. So they're very close to the vest on injuries with these guys, unless it's something like Eli Tomac when he popped his Achilles and they're like, it's popped, he's done. There's, they're not hiding that. There's no like, well, maybe we can massage it up and he'll be out in a couple weeks. No, it was just done. And that's when they're honest. In this situation, Chase had a crash on Tuesday. He had a crash before Pala, even though he still came out and turned in a hell of a performance. And they're saying they're just resting him. I don't know. Is it a concussion? Is there something? Is it bruising? We don't know. But Chase Sexton will not be racing tomorrow come the Pro Motocross Round 2 at Hangtown. Uh, Speaking of motocross, the entire 250 podium from Fox Raceway last weekend at Pala all of them on the show today. In moments, we will talk to RJ Hampshire. We dig talking to that guy. RJ had a weird, frustrating day. He looked so good to start today, and then he had a bad second moto, but still got on the podium. And then a little after RJ, we will talk to Mr. Danger Boy Deegan, a huge fan favorite and a favorite of ours. You can't not root for that kid. I really like him. His skill set is popping. I mean, granted, he's been trained to be a motocross racer since he could walk practically by his father, but... It's, it's paying off, and, and he's a good kid, too. Uh, I really like him. So we got Hayden Deegan. We got RJ Hampshire. And then coming up in the middle of the show, if you missed it yesterday, the guy that won the 250s, the guy with the banged-up ribs, Connor Lawrence, he'll tell you about that. If you missed that interview, it's worth hearing. He was effed up and still got out there and got the win. So these guys are not typically that normal. Uh, remember, this is just going to fuel the Honda rumors more, too. They're like, oh, oh, Chase, no, no, no. Sit out, sit out. That way they let Jet pull away. They say they're putting all their chickens in the Jet Lawrence basket. And remember, the rumor has been since before this season started, because we knew before the season started, that Jet was going to come up to 450s. And then the rumor started immediately that Chase is FU, I'm out, I'm going to KTM. That's been the rumor. And remember, last time we heard a rumor that was that solid and that strong that started at the beginning of a season and ran all the way through... It was that Eli Tomac was going to leave Kawasaki and go to Star Racing Yamaha. And everybody's like, yeah, whatever. Then that's exactly what happened. So does Chase go come October to KTM? We don't know. And remember, they're saying they're, that, that Honda's all in the jet team because and look what he did. Kid came out in his first race and blew everyone's doors off. So there's a lot to watch in the drama of Moto. Moto TMZ. A lot of people don't like it, but a lot of you love it. You know it. All right, outside of motocross, there's more motocross and more motocross. But then I got a UFO story, and it's a typical wah-wah-wah UFO story. NASA had a big press conference announcement this week, and we're going to get into that. And I'm telling you, NASA is 
in cahoots because they're trying to save face for their years and years and years and years and years and years years of cover-up in cahoots with the United States government. And now they're trying to, like, oh, no, we're transparent. Yeah, eat my butt. That is not true. Uh, I have a story that should alarm everyone that there is a massive, massive buildup of American artillery and Humvees and tanks along the border in Iran. There is a crapload of American um, military buildup along the border in Iran. And you're like, I didn't see that in the news. Well, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you about it. We should all be alarmed at that. Some people should be, well, one person should be ashamed that that is what is happening, but it is. I have a good story coming out of San Diego. San Diego, where the Padres lost their TV deal. That's crazy. The, the television station that overpaid for the Padres TV rights went bankrupt and couldn't make the payment, and Major League Baseball just took over the Padres TV broadcast. Yeah, we're coming in later. Snatch. Kind of nuts. I got a story about a lady in prison that's looking for a beatdown, and she's real famous, and you'll want to know about this because it's kind of fun. I kind of hope she, I think everyone hopes she gets a beatdown. Or is this how they're finally going to kill her to silence her because she won't just kill herself like they all say she's gonna. I don't know. And then a red alert, red alert, red alert coming out of Ohio. A super red alert coming out of Ohio. There should be a bigger news story than it is. And I will uh, toot on that because it involves kids. And oh yeah, they're missing. And there's a bunch of them. A bunch. And people should be talking about this, so I will. But let's get into a moto interview first. It is Mr. RJ Hampshire. He will be coming up here in moments, and then we'll get into the UFOs and start all of these other fun stories. It is a Friday edition of the Stretch Show here on a Big 4-9. Big 49, it is a Stretch Show, and right now we are going to sit down with Mr. RJ Hampshire of the Rockstar Energy Husqvarna team, kind of picking up where you left off in the Supercross season on this first round of the Pro Motocross. You were up on the podium, but really it was a tale of two motos for you today. That first moto was spectacular, absolutely flawless. You get the win in the first moto, and then in the second moto there was problems, and then you got out of those problems and got back in the hunt, and then there were more problems, and then somehow, though, you managed to fight your way back to an overall podium. How do you get through that? Like, How do you manage to put your head down when it's going as bad as things were going in that second moto and just keep fighting and believe in yourself and get to the point to where, hey, boom, here you are, and you are on the overall podium with a 110 uh man just a lot of years of uh getting beat down and, and yeah. figuring things out uh right. just never kind of give up and and keep grinding uh believe in yourself cool. uh, that's the main thing and and man this team like they they put a lot of belief in me so it's uh it's nice yeah. to kind of repay it a bit uh that first moto was sweet just got a decent yeah. start and uh had a few good laps um and then yeah just really managed it like that's i haven't been able to do that i've never actually done that in outdoor i usually come from you know pretty far back and yeah. any moto that i ha- have one has been all out you know crazy um <laughs> but then yeah second moto uh <laughs> ended up going into that all out crazy moment um yeah. yeah man that second turn is is terrible i mean it's probably the worst turn in, or like the start in the whole series uh yeah just kept coming so tight and um man i tried to check up and nothing i could really do I just everyone kind of went crazy went down yeah. um 
got up past a few guys and uh same thing kind of got hit again going up that hill in the back yeah. and man i was deep so <laughs> stoked on uh the riding today though yeah. and um yeah where we're at with the bike all right i said 110 rj it wasn't a 110 you went 111 and get on the overall podium have you ever done anything like that before like not even in the top 10 in the second moto then here you are on the overall podium is pretty sweet well man i've gotten screwed so many times with the math so <laughs> i will take yeah. that 111 and be be proud of it uh <laughs> nice. but i think washugal maybe 2018 or so yeah. i think a 19 won the overall wow. and uh I was in that battle, and I went from winning the overall, got past like a couple yeah. laps to go, and I went from first to fourth. It was like a <laughs> oh, two, I think two nine or something crazy like that. So wow. hey, it happens. I, like I said, I'll I'll take that, and I'm not gonna be bummed on it. Yeah, absolutely, should be proud because uh, let's talk about that second moto. You twice you got yourself back into the top ten and were making moves and fighting your way up, and then twice there was uh, another like catastrophe after. And I know that's got to be frustrating in your mind, especially after you just looked so freaking great in the first moto and came out and won that whole thing. So you knew you had the speed today. It was just circumstances beyond your control were kind of assing you out in that second moto. So how do you stay focused in those moments to keep you know your eye on the prize and to scratch your way back into a podium finish? Yeah, I mean, I, in those moments, like I'm just thinking, you know, anyone that's possible, I'm, I'm gonna just keep hammering. Um, Okay. I made it up to, yeah. well, yeah, I had both of those crashes in the beginning yeah. where really I couldn't even, it wasn't even my fault. Um, and then, yeah, I made it up to 10th, and I, I knew uh, maybe even 7th was a shot with yeah. a couple laps to go. Okay. Um, and, yeah, I went for a pass on the outside, and, and the berm was gone. Uh, so, yeah, I lost my front. Two guys got right back by me. Um, so then yeah. I think I went back to 12th and was like, all right, uh I seen the kind of pit board, and I knew I still had a shot at a podium. So those last two laps were just like, look, all out. I'm nice. going to do what I can here. Yeah. Um, if I can leave round one with the podium after the hectic second moto, um, yeah. we'll take it. All right, and uh, what's the difference in your starts today? You get the first start where you shoot right out to the front, you stay in the front, and then the second moto, things just don't go well at all. How do you keep next week from that happening again and, and just stay as fast as you were in that first moto, at least on your start? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really have the answer for you. I uh, just, okay. yeah, it's all me. I, I wheelied a bit coming out of the gate. Um, but like I said, I wasn't okay. even that bad. I mean, I was yeah. probably around fifth or so coming in that second turn. And, okay. dude, it's just mayhem, yeah. you know, coming in there. And people go left, you know, try to go outside. Some yeah. guys hit those kickers and kind of get even faster. And, um, yeah, just been yeah. on the crap end of that, you know, turn, I think, three years in a row now. Even last year, wow. same same thing happened. Um, it's all me, though. Yeah. Needed a better start to uh, have a shot at today. All right, and speaking of starts, uh, how are you liking the metal uh, starting greats that we got for the first time ever in pro motocross today? Yeah, I don't mind them. Um, I did not like racing today, though, with that paddle tire on with how hard packed that track was, um, but yeah. you needed it for that start. Um, okay. But, yeah, I don't mind them. All right, well, uh, it all went well. Considering all things in that second moto, you ended up on the podium and you rode your ass off and you showed a lot of heart and you showed a lot of speed, too, especially in that first moto. I got a feeling next week we're going to see you right back up on the box. So congratulations on an overall uh, number three today, RJ. We appreciate the time. We will talk to you probably next week in Hangtown, I got a feeling. I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, big, big. big. The 
Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. I've been talking about how the Supercross is now a worldwide sport that goes year-round, and a lot of guys will race here in America, then they'll go do the World Supercross, and then they'll go straight into the Australian Supercross. And, well, there's some guys, like our friend Justin Brayton, who doesn't race the American Supercross anymore, but is going overseas for the World Supercross, and now has announced he will return to defend his championship in the Australian Supercross in November, and they'll say he might be able to do it six times in a row. Justin Brayton is a beast down under, kind of like the Lawrence brothers are here in America. So shout out to Justin Brayton. Good to see him racing and doing the Supercross all around the world. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show on a Friday. Let's get into a little UFO, a little UFO cover-up, a little hodgepodge of BS is what I like to call this one. This is a press conference that happened from our friends at NASA. NASA are a bunch of mofos, and NASA have been in on the UFO cover-up since they started, in my opinion. <sighs> NASA, NASA, NASA. They now say that they're completely transparent. And, and this is what I love. This is how they're going to be transparent. They're going to be completely transparent by poo-pooing everything to do with UFOs like they always have been. Oh, no, we investigated everything. And they're not being as stupid as the guys running that new UFO program. Uh, Kirkpatrick or whatever the hell his name is. And they're not going to say, there's nothing extraterrestrial. There's nothing whatever. We got some unexplainable stuff, but uh, nothing to make us think that it's otherworldly or interdimensional or any of that stupid shit. <laughs> no. No, no, they're, they're stopping shy of that, but here's what's going on. So that NASA now says that they have examined around 800 reports of UFOs, UAPs, whatever you want to call them. But they're already clear to tell you only a very, very small fraction are truly unexplained. And then they go into how stupid many of these sightings are. And, and how most of them are nothing. Like, it's streetlights. It's it's Project Blue Book all over again, is what it is. They are out here to debunk these things and to poo-poo these things. And then to say, see, we're investigating them, but we don't know why we're wasting our money because none of them are anything. They, But then they freaking uh, contradict themselves later on in the article. So they say, we have 50 to 100 new reports each month and they say the possible really anomalous ones are two to five percent of all of these reports and at one point in the video uh they were talking about the naval aircraft videos and they're like yeah we don't know what that is so we don't know what that is and then they do say the pentagon report of the 144 sightings by military pilots since 2004 uh all but one are still unexplained so out of all of the reports that of the military guys, they're like, yeah, we don't know what the hell that is. Uh, one. So they explained one of 144. That means 143 UFOs that they don't know what they are. And I love that they won't say, well, we don't know what it is. So they're like, yeah, we don't know what it is. It could be a lens flare. Oh, we're not sure. You know, sometimes we train these pilots to fly the most advanced uh, flying machines in the sky and, and then they get a lens flare and, and they think it's a spaceship and they freak out. Yeah. yeah, okay, great. They also say that privacy limits uh, their investigations. 
say there's massive privacy concerns that limit NASA's investigation capabilities. They say we can point the largest collection apparatus in the entire globe at any point we want. A lot of what we have is around the continental United States and most people don't like it. So they're saying basically for your privacy, like the government's ever gave an F about your privacy, that they're not really investigating the hell out of all of these. Is that alarming to you? Because you know what? If I got crap flying in the skies that can make our most advanced aircraft look like freaking a toy up there and can mock it and make fun of it and jam it and run circles around it and run away from it at will, I'm good with the government going and investigating that. And if they need to point a spy satellite at my house to do it, I'm okay with that. You know why? There's nothing at my house to hide. So I think they're full of crap. Then they start breaking them down. You know, we had one in Australia where they thought they were receiving signals from outer space and they were these weird microwave signals that were coming in on frequency and then we realized they were every day really heavy at lunchtime and it was the microwave oven in their break room that they were confusing as an outer space signal. It's like, eat a bowl of these nuts, Project Blue Book repeating mofos. And then they talk about how a lot of people won't cooperate with them because of the stigma and harassment. Yeah, the stigma and harassment because of a-holes like you, the way you're treating this report, by the way you are n not being honest. You're being at best disingenuous with how you're handling this. There is no truth disclosure because you guys are still making everything look like it's a freaking swamp gas because you're a bunch of a-holes. I, I, it's so annoying. The government has a playbook and they just run that playbook back and they did it in the 1940s. They did it again in like the 50s and 60s. And then they just got to where you were a laughing stock ridiculed if you saw a UFO. And now they're just going back to their 40s and 50s playbook and, the, and they're redoing that right now. No, we're investigating these. We're very interested in finding out what these are. No, you're not because a lot of them are you. So you can't really identify what they are. You need to continue to poo-poo uh, on these reports because the government's knee-deep in BS. And you've also got to admit that you've been lying to the American people for about two generations now. And you've got some explaining to do, Lucy. So it's a load of crap. The government is full of crap. Never believe anything the government says to you. I mean, these are the people that brought you effing COVID and the COVID vaccine. How many of you got young friends who have dropped dead in the last couple of years? Shockingly just dropped dead or had a massive stroke or had to have a heart surgery or something. I've got a list personally. Wait, they're gonna make me drop dead soon. By the way, they're still listening to the big 49 over in Moscow. Shout out to our Ruski friends. I love me some Russian strippers. And uh, I've never met a lot of other Russian people, but the most Russian people I know happen to be Russian strippers. Just kind of the crowds I hang out with, I guess. Once upon a time. But anyway, in the meantime, let's uh, pack it up and get on to my next story. We will talk to... No, I will not get on to my next story. We're going to get into our next interview. Coming up in moments, the new 250 sensation. His name is Danger Boy Deegan, Hayden Deegan, good kid, star racing Yamaha. Got on the podium last weekend. We'll talk to him coming up right here on the 4-9.
Pig 49. It is a stretch show, and right now we are going to talk to a young man who is a fan favorite and up-and-comer in the 250 class. His name is Hayden Deegan, and we watched him just really come out of nowhere in most people's eyes for the Supercross season, and we didn't even know you were going to turn pro, and then you do for the 250 East, and then you end up taking second overall in that championship hunt and looked really damn good with a lot of podiums. And then I think people are surprised today. Here we are. It's motocross season. You had a couple motocross races before this last season, but this is your, you know, opening season, so to speak, your third pro motocross race ever. And voila, you end up with a second place overall today. And, you know, what were your expectations and how did you get ready for this? Because it looks like people are still surprised at your success and they shouldn't be. Uh, yeah, definitely coming into outdoors. I've definitely been uh, feeling good personally, but yeah. uh, my big thing is to have the fitness and that's what i've been working on working really hard cool. to have the, the best fitness uh just so i can last a little moto cool. and uh, definitely third national yeah. it was just kind of no pressure really right now since it's my full first uh season outdoors so yeah i uh, came into the first moto and just had a little mistake ran over someone's foot and i fell but was <laughs> able to charge back to sixth yeah and then second moto top five start and that's where i needed to be yeah. and uh yeah i was able to make my way up to second and uh, I've just realized with this <laughs> motocross is consistency is key to win a championship. Yeah. So uh, falling in the first lap definitely is not a move. <laughs> but uh, I was able to make my way back up to six, and it kind of paid off. So it was good. Yeah, it was a great day for you, man. And you come out looking solid. You say there was no pressure on you to start today. So what were your expectations going into this race today? I mean, you came out all clean cut. Look at you with a haircut. You looked ready to win. So what, what were you expecting before this gate drop? Uh, yeah, my goals, uh, I wanted a top five at the first round yeah. and uh, wasn't expecting a podium at the first round. So right. I was able to mark two goals off in one. <laughs> and I'm excited about that. But yeah, we got to get a, outdoors is a serious time. So we had to cut the hair and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Whatever you did, it absolutely worked. I don't know if you surprised yourself, but it seems like a lot of people were surprised. I personally was not man so i i know that you're carrying momentum forward now and you got to be stoked on these results moving forward uh yeah definitely uh, look like yeah. doing this right now is just getting me more more hype for each round so yeah it's definitely getting second in the first round gets me excited for the more and uh, to start the season off this way is definitely good. Yeah, it, it's a, a damn good start, and it's fun to watch, and I can't wait to see you moving forward. But uh, how about this? Have you got to practice on that steel grate before today, or did you just get out there and, and do it for the first time today uh, here at Fox Raceway? Or do you guys have one at the Yamaha facility? Like, how was it for you on that uh, steel grate starting gate today? Um, yeah, I think our team's trying to get some right now. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, we, I haven't practiced on it yet, but okay. until here today. Yeah. And I enjoy it. It's nice you can uh, move around the gate a lot more it gives you more of an option instead of having to find that you know your perfect rut yeah. so uh, I enjoy it the grades nice all right well congratulations the great worked for you today and you get number two overall and what technically is your first uh, pro motocross uh, race because it is your first full season so congratulations to you star racing Yamaha I know your family's super stoked it's fun watching you guys and continued success we'll talk to you probably next weekend in Hangtown and boom that's star racing Yamaha's Hayden Deegan right here on Big 49 your home of Moto Rock Extreme Big Big, big. The Big 
49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Tomorrow's round two of the Pro Motocross season, and it is right here in Northern California this time, up at Hangtown. And because it's California, we will keep the same exact times as last weekend. The whole thing will stream on the Peacock. The gate drop for the 250 Moto 1 will be at 1 p.m. The coverage for everything will start on the Big 49 at noon. So lock it in, listen, we'll give you the results right after they happen. And you can watch the whole thing on the Peacock, which surprisingly was really good coverage for the pro motocross season, the best I have ever seen. So shout out to them. Can't wait to get into this race at Hangtown. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It's a stretch show. You know, June is uh, Gay Pride Month, so I promised Moto Man and Kyle I would play this song for them as I, <laughs> as I did my next segment. Get your pride on, Rainbow Warriors. Yeah. By the way, did you know that in uh, Hawaii, the where there's rainbows everywhere, everywhere you look, there's a rainbow. They were the college football team in the University of Hawaii was the Rainbows. They were the Rainbow Warriors. And because of the gay thing, they had to change their name because everybody's like, oh, there are a bunch of Mo's out there in the football field. So they became like some other type of warrior. They're no longer the fighting rainbows. Moto Man will not be going to college at University of Hawaii now. But Shout out to people that's in Hawaii. I know we got some listeners. But I remember when I was first going there, it was like they were the rainbow something. And, and now they've changed the name of it. Get your safety dance on. Moto Man and Kyle right now are in the green room lubing themselves up with baby oil, getting ready to jump out in the sun with their mankinis on, and then uh, bring you a spectacular LCR Last Chance Radio show today at 3 o'clock. I can't wait to hear it. going to be amazing. Get your manly man on. Sweaty, lubed up man love. That's what we got coming up at the LCR today. All right, let's, uh, let's throw a tip of the hat. I love the tip of the hat when somebody does something good. Uh, U.S. Customs and Border Protection in San Diego made a $38 million meth bust this week. Apparently a guy coming across the border driving a tractor trailer. It was like, what are you hauling? Kale. And they popped the back and they're like, yeah, he's got kale. But something didn't set right. They didn't say a canine hit on it or anything. They just said something didn't set right. So they moved it forward uh, to the deeper examination area. And during a non-intrusive inspection of the tractor trailer, they found irregularities within the commodities, which is kale, in the back of the truck. And now I'm looking at pictures of like big old, you know, produce boxes, those wax covered cardboard boxes. They got kale inside of them and they are just covered, covered in meth. Big old rocks of meth. Tweaker's gonna tweak y'all. That's what they're gonna do. Don't do meth. Meth is bad, 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 bad. And I know I'm breaking strippers' hearts. And I know Moto Man and Kyle are probably going to do a bunch of meth today before they got out and, and sang and danced in their sweaty man love at the Pride Parade. But no, uh, uh, don't do meth, boys. I will not let you do meth because you guys are my friends. And uh, it's bad. It's very bad. Remember, I got six years in rehab as a worker, not as a client. And people that do meth don't come back. They don't. You don't come back from that. You get a wicked meth addiction. Not only does it rot your teeth out of your head, but you end up with like a paranoia, weird crap. Seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it too many times. So 
Don't be a crazy fool later in life. Those people standing on the corners talking to people that aren't there and shadow boxing? No, they are not prophets of the Lord. No, they are not. They are tweakers. And they are tweaking, y'all. Tweakers gonna tweak. Right now, it's gonna be harder to tweak, though, with $38 million worth of meth off the streets. The driver of that big rig that they stopped at the border, 34-year-old man, he has now been arrested. Just so you know, what does $38 million worth of meth look like? Well, it's 5,788 pounds of tweak fuel is what it is. 500, or 5,788 pounds of meth. A hell of a lot of meth. So shout out to those officers. I know it's a gr- grind out there and people are probably dicks to you and people don't want to cooperate and then you make a big bust like that and that a boy, way to go. I'm going to shout you out when you do things right. And they did it right down in San Diego this week and got a whole bunch of bad guy drugs off the street. So shout out to them. All right, coming up next, I'm going to tell you why there is a massive, massive buildup of U.S. military artillery all along the border of Afghanistan and Iran. They're just loading it up. I mean, a lot. And this story should scare you. And it should make poopy pants want to just, I don't know, go up on the White House and jump off or something. I don't know. Just, you know, we, he got, maybe he got lost. He got lost. We don't know where he went. Where'd he go? I don't know. Oh, no, the president's on the roof again. Has he got a clean diaper on? I don't know. Anyway, he's an idiot. And this is his fault. This next story I'm going to tell you. It's shameful. It's the big 49. We'll do that next. Oh, Joy, there's another great video online of the president falling over. This time he did it at the commencement address for the Air Force graduates up on the stage and the old geezer takes a face plant. I don't know how the crowd didn't erupt in laughter, but they didn't. They kind of held their breath and were pretty cool about it. He got up and shook it off because, well, he falls down a lot. You know why? Because he's old. Here we are just a week after finding out that Robert De Niro just had a brand new baby at like 80 years old. And now Al Pacino's like, F you, I got one too, and he's 83 years old. They say Pacino, though, was surprised when his 29-year-old girlfriend said she was pregnant and he forced her to do a DNA test. And then he found out, yeah, the kid is his. So, yeah, Al Pacino, 83 years old, also a brand new daddy with his 29-year-old girlfriend. These dudes got to put their thing back in their pants. How does it even work at that age? And here's how you handle your problems. I've been telling you about Bam Margera not being able to see his kid because he's had all kinds of issues with sobriety and the wife that's now divorcing him won't let him see him unless it's visitation. And then he can't even get to court for another couple of months. So he has decided to go online and make a video saying he is going to smoke crack until he dies unless he gets to see his kid. That should definitely work. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 49. It is a Stretch show here on a Friday. Getting ready for the races tomorrow. Once again, the breaking news. If you haven't heard the Moto Minute yet or you didn't hear it earlier in the show, Chase Sexton is out for Hangtown. Had a crash in practice, followed uh, by after that crash he had last weekend at practice at Pala. And they say he is banged up and not able to race. No broken bones. Just going to set it out, get better, and get back. So, Chase Sexton not racing tomorrow, which is a bummer. But, hey, I still got him. He's my pick. I had him as my pick to win the Supercross, and everybody said, Stretch, you're crazy, and it looked like Eli and Coop were running away with it, and then came down the final couple of weeks of the season, 
and Chase stayed with it, stayed with it, stayed with it, and he won the championship. I'm sticking with him. My number two is Dylan. I know Jet looks like he's the effing man right now, and he may go wire to wire with it. It's weird. I'd be happy to be wrong. I like Jet. I like Chase, though, too, and I like Dylan. I like all three of those guys. Happy for uh, uh, any of them if they win. All right, let's tell you right now a story that I teased. Why is there a massive U.S. military buildup at the Iranian border? Well, that's simple. Because of President Biden. That's why. He's not doing it. It's not actual U.S. troops. It's just U.S. military hardware. All U.S. military hardware that is being driven by the Taliban that confiscated it when President Booby Pants pulled U.S. forces out of Afghanistan and it collapsed and they took over the country in a matter of hours. What happened is on May 27th, fighting broke out between the Taliban in southern Afghanistan and the Iranian border guards and three people were killed in the exchange of fire. And what's happening is there's a river there then, and you know what's in Afghanistan? Nothing. You know, you know what Afghanistan looks like? Imagine an entire country that's Glen Helen. That's what it looks like. A bunch of rocks, some shrubs here and there, a lot of dirt. That's Afghanistan. That's your entire country. And you know what you really need if you're out there in that heat? You need water. Well, there's a river, and the Iranians are bogarting the water, and the Taliban need the water. So they're getting ready to go at each other. So they have this little skirmish and, and the Taliban come up and the Iran, Iranians try to run them off and they get in a firefight and a few people die. Well, now the Taliban go, oh yeah, we're not going to take this line down. No, no, no. We're going to go tell our friends, the Americans, and we'll be back. Only they don't really tell us. They just come driving up in our vehicles. And you're like, so what, they brought some tanks up there? Yeah, no. I'm looking at the pictures. Imagine one of the largest U.S. military... Um, battalions you've ever seen in your life only it's all effing jihadist mofo taliban bastards driving our tanks driving our humvees driving our armored personnel freaking vehicles they have a bunch of army tanks too they even got russian army tanks from when russia went down there and messed with them yeah convoys and convoys and convoys of american-made humvees and m117 armored security vehicles i'm talking convoys of them and they are rolling them up taliban popping out the gun turrets with their m240 machine gun mounts on humvees they look like badasses it looks like the american military is coming for you but it's not it's the taliban yeah the funny characters called the taliban rolling around now in addition to the m17s and the humvees they also have american-made max pro mine resistant ambush protected vehicles Oh, yeah. And they also have M113 armored personnel carriers. Yeah. They got a lot of our stuff that President Dumbass let him take when he pulled out of Afghanistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's get into this. You're like, how much could they have, Stretch? You're over-exaggerating. Just so you know, it is reported that the Taliban have roughly 61,000. 61,000 military vehicles that are American military vehicles that they just came and took. Remember, we we pumped up their army. Kind of like what Russia's going to have real soon when they finally put Ukraine out of their misery and roll out with God knows what kind of hardware we've got in the Ukraine. Let's be honest. 
How much? How long does Ukraine hold off the Soviet Union or Russia? How long? And what, what does Ukraine have right now? Craploads and craploads and craploads and craploads and craploads and craploads and craploads of really good American hardware. Who's going to have that when they come in there? Russia. Taliban. 61,000 military vehicles and 26,000 heavy weapons. That's what the Taliban have, all courtesy of the billions of dollars in U.S. military equipment provided by the United States that they took. So they rolled in and took all of this, and they have it all after the president decided to just turn coat and run, do the uh, Vietnam Part 2 exit. And Taliban just rolled in and said, thank you, thank you, thank you. I think they got more vehicles than they can drive. I don't think they got enough Taliban to drive all the vehicles they have that we left behind. Yeah. Of those vehicles, just so you know, and then this is where they go on. They go on like, well, no, 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 it's not that bad. It's not really that bad. Yeah, National Defense Security Forces say... 96,000 ground vehicles, 58,180 general purpose or light tactical vehicles, 23,825 Humvees. You know how much Humvees are? Especially, you know, military Humvees. And they got 900 armored combat vehicles. But of those vehicles, more than 500 were destroyed. Oh, wow. The U.S. troops destroyed 500 vehicles when we left them 90,000 on our way out? Good job. And, and by the way, no, no disrespect to the troops. The troops did what they were told to do by President Dumbass. Yeah, maybe they should have started destroying vehicles way, 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 way in advance of the, hey, let's get the hell out of here. We're out, we're out tomorrow. Everybody be on a plane. Yeah, in addition to its fleet of U.S. military vehicles, the Taliban are also sending uh, some Soviet-era tanks that they took from them and some other uh, stuff they took from another ba battle that they've had. And they are rolling all that up to the border right now. And they're like, oh, yeah? We'll show you what you're gonna, who's taking the water. We're going to pee in the water and let it roll downstream into you Iranian bastards. But uh, the good news is, uh, if they do go to war, I don't know if this is good news or bad news. It doesn't really matter who wins that war. It's two people that we hate. The Iranians and the um, Taliban. It's like, oh, boy. I hope you guys don't hurt each other. Here, here's some more bullets. Yeah, that they're going at it with American stuff, but apparently the Iranians are very, very well prepared and also have an Air Force and everything else, and they say they will obliterate all of those vehicles that we left behind, so they'll do us a solid, unless they come in and take them, which they could do. My God. That president is horrible. He is horrible. I, that was one of the most upsetting times ever, watching that all unfold, and just, man, my heart went out to all of the veterans that served over there. And just seeing the way it went down. 96,000 vehicles the Taliban have that we paid for, that you paid for. You know what your check went to last week? Yeah, stuff for the Taliban. That's what it went to. The other part of it went to the Ukraine. Shout out. I'm Stretch. Now I'm mad. Now I'm mad, mad. Up next, let's talk to Hunter Lawrence. You missed that interview yesterday. Then after Hunter, who is a badass, tell you why snitches get stitches in lady prison. Yeah, that's a good story. Coming up on a big four nine. Big, 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 big. The big forty nine. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ.
Talk about putting yourself behind the eight ball right at the start of the season. Chase Sexton and Honda have announced he will not be lining up for round two of the pro motocross season at Hangtown tomorrow. And they say the reason why is A, he had that big crash before the races at Pala last weekend and then apparently had another one during practice on Tuesday. And because of that, with an abundance of caution, they say he's banged up, nothing's broken, but they're going to sit him out. It might be something about hitting his head in concussion protocol, but Chase Sexton will not be there when the gate drops at Hangtown. Town, and we're going to have to see if he rejoins the races for round three next weekend. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's a Stretch show on a Friday. Right now, the kids aren't all right. You know, the kids that got taken into sex slavery with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell. None of those kids are all right. You know who else isn't all right? Ghislaine Maxwell. She's sitting in jail on suicide watch for like five years now. <laughs> but uh, she's not committing suicide, but there's some Cubans in there that may be taking her out. Here's the story we are hearing. Apparently, there's two, and they call them thick Cuban girls that are running crap in the prison that she is in. And they found out that she was getting favors. And remember, Ghislaine Maxwell is a rich lady. She is in jail for the next 20 something years. But she, when you have money in prison, you get like money on your account and then you can buy things from jail, cigarettes, snacks, that kind of stuff. Well, everyone else has to, if they don't have money coming in, they have to eat whatever they have in the cafeterias. Well, Jizz Lane, Jizz Face, she is a vegan and doesn't eat whatever. So she's been trading out snacks and things to the people in the cafeteria and then they've been giving her instead of the meat or whatever it is extra fruits and things like that because she's a vegan so these two uh cubano chicks they found out hey wait a minute and we went in on this action so they basically wrote her a note threatening her like we're gonna f you up if you don't start kicking us down so Ghislaine, being the rich uh, dumbass that she is forgot the code of prison, which is snitches get stitches, and she immediately just went and ratted them out and said, here's the note they wrote me, and this they did this. So, you know, no harm, no foul. It's not like they did anything other than threaten someone. So they got 47 days in the hole. You've watched prison movies, 47 days in the hole. You're getting locked down, solitary confinement. That's what they got for 47 days. Well, now the problem is they're out of solitary confinement, and just Lane is freaking out. They say she's so afraid. And it couldn't happen to a nicer lady. Uh, she's so afraid that she will not shower because she's afraid in the shower they're going to jump her. She has a job at the prison library. She has a lot of jobs in prison. Apparently, she is teaching classes in there on etiquette classes because a lot of the ladies in prison don't know how to behave properly. Unlike Giselle, uh, who, or Gislaine, who is uh, really good at selling children into sex slavery. But she's teaching, she's also teaching like a yoga class and she's doing all that stuff. Just remember, she's just a rich bitch. And now she's fearing for her life. Don't be surprised if you hear very soon that uh, Ghislaine Maxwell has been killed in jail because uh, high probability that these big uh, Cuban chicks will do her in or somebody else will do her in just because now she's a snitch. It's like, wait a minute, you did that? you And now you're a snitch on top of it? 
Yeah, they may get her, so we, we will see. I am interested in how this all pans out for her. And I'm like, you know, F you, you helped Jeffrey Epstein human traffic young girls. You are a vile, disgusting human being, and if I hope, I hope she gets at least her ass beat. Is you've earned that? You've earned that ass beating for all of the awful crimes you've done against humanity. So, let's see how this happens. It's gonna be fun, but that's the story going on right now with Just Lane. Coming up next, gonna rerun the R.J. Hampshire interview from earlier, and then I'm gonna get the f up on out of here because it's Friday and I got no s to give. It's a big four nine. Big, 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 the big 49 moto minute brought to you by LBZ. I got to love the guys that are not racing the outdoor season and have a month until the gates drop for the world supercross over in Wales. Those guys are chomping at the bit to get back on the track and start riding. Yesterday, I saw a post of Kenny Roxon's two Suzuki's all packaged up in a crate, getting ready to be shipped off. And Kenny is going to fly overseas to meet him and see if he can defend his World Supercross Championship. That's going to kick off in one month, and we can't wait here on the Big 49. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a stretch show. Time to get up on out of here for the Friday. Tomorrow is motocross. That'd mean me, the moto man, Jason from Honda Yamaha Redlands, Bookie Kyle all up in the studio on a Saturday at noon getting ready for the broadcast coverage. Uh, before I go, though, I did tell you a story in the opening moments of the show today, and it was something that people should be freaking out about in Ohio. I found this to be terrifying. And I'm like, wow, I haven't heard much about this. There should be a bigger light shined on this. In Cleveland, not the state of Ohio, but in Cleveland, 27 children have been reported missing in Cleveland in the last two weeks. And you're like, well, I live in Cleveland and I haven't heard an Amber Alert. They're like, oh, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You can't be putting Amber Alerts out on every damn kid that's missing. 27 kids in two weeks. And they say that they have to have all this certain criteria. And there's some kids that are runaways and they're missing. And there's always those situations. But they say they don't know if they've ran off to be in a drug house, if they're getting uh, human trafficked, if they're doing drug trafficking with some gangs. Like, they don't know what's going on. And just for the record, last year in the state of Ohio, 15,000 children were reported uh, missing. And four of those 15, only four out of 15,000 were found dead. They say abductions amounted to 8,525 of those. This is for the state. And 34 cases um, were abductions from a parent, like a non-custodial parent in a divorce. And only five of the children had a stranger kidnap them. Only five, according to a report. So police were able to find 36% of those kids, but 615 of those cases went into this year, still missing. And now you've got 27 kids missing in a two-week window is an alarming thing. There's either a serial killer killing kids in Ohio or Cleveland, Ohio, or there's some, you know, some or like, a drug trafficking or human trafficking ring. And what's weird when I'm looking at the pictures, a lot of these are boys, you immediately think girls. 
and they they don't have photos of many of them. And then I'm looking at a lot of them that are boys. So it's like, what's happening here? So hopefully uh, they find these kids. But be on the lookout if you are anywhere in the Cleveland area. There is something bad going on. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow at noon with all the knuckleheads for the Moto Show. Till then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America.